It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I do not understand this football name in America. How, how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool. And hey, guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win. And then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. Happy Tuesday, Broncos fans. I've heard that there's some nasty weather coming into the Denver area, so everyone listening from the Mile High City, please keep safe out there on the icy, snowy roads. And, um, well, if you can, stay at home, drink some hot chocolate, some coffee, watch some Broncos reruns, go back and watch the the America's team uh, videos about the Broncos Super Bowl championships, those always make me feel nice and warm inside, and I promise you they will not disappoint you either. Um, here in Germany, it's it's cold. It's very cold. We're going to have a, a long stretch of negative 
degree weather and there's almost never any sun and so it gets to be a little bit depressing here in Munich so thank goodness for German beer that's all I'm going to say um you know as for Broncos news obviously since last week we had the confirmation of Rich Scangarello being hired as the offensive coordinator but it's really not new news uh that was kind of assumed once he got the the approval to interview for the job we've kind of figured he was going to be the guy He's an interesting case because there's not a whole lot we we know about him. He he hasn't called plays for many teams. He's only called plays for kind of low-level college teams. Um, but obviously, he he has that Shanahan connection. Um, he, he runs the Shanahan offense or a version of it. And so it's going to be an offense that it's going to at least look a little bit familiar to Broncos fans. Now, the difference is that I think the Kyle Shanahan offense compared to the Gary Kubiak offense is a little more, you know, of an attack system. It's a little more aggressive. It's trying to score on every play. And that's something that Rich Scangarello said that he really appreciated learning from Kyle Shanahan in in San Francisco. So I think there's there's a lot to be excited about with with Rich Scangarello. He's another he's a young guy. He's going to bring in that that yeah, fresh offensive perspective. He's got that history with with Kyle Shanahan who's supposed to be one of the brightest offensive minds in football so I I think it's a good thing I think you pair him with Mike Munchak who is coming in as the offensive line coach and there's a lot to be happy about with this Broncos coaching staff I think if I was going to give Elway you know a grade for this offseason I would give him at least a B plus maybe a minus B plus because I still don't know if he had the greatest group of candidates to to interview for the head coaching position, but I do think that the candidates that he brought in or who wanted the job, I think that he hired the best one. I think Vic Fangio is a really exciting guy. I think that we see when you're watching these games, you know, the, the games on Sunday and you see New England just somehow again find a way to win. And, and even though they're not the most talented team, they have a 41-year-old quarterback, even though he's Tom Brady, I get it. They still find a way to win. And I think that Fangio, of course he's not Belichick. Nobody's Belichick. I totally get that. Don't don't come saying I'm comparing the two. But at least Fangio is this defensive-minded guy. He is someone who's been called by his players an evil genius on defense. And I think that's kind of what you need. Now, that being said, you know the, the Patriots defense didn't really do that well against the, the Kansas City offense. I think Patrick Mahomes put up 24 points in, in the fourth quarter alone. But again, they did enough to win. This is the, the team, the New England team is coached well enough that, that their less talented team, I would say much less talented team, finds a way every single year to make it to the Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. Four four times in five years they'll be in the Super Bowl. Uh, Brady has been 13 of 17 years in the AFC Conference Championship game. It's remarkable. And yes, I hate them. Of course I hate them. Come on, I'm a Broncos fan, guys. I don't like the Patriots, but you have to look at them and say, okay, what are they doing right? I mean, of course, it's Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick, but you know, let's look at that team and say, okay, what is something that you can learn? And I think part of it is is the coaching staff's ability to, to make sure their players are... are on time, make sure their players aren't making stupid mistakes. They're not making penalties, etc. Now, 
don't get me started about the penalty issue. I mean, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And, and the conspiracy theory that is the NFL and the NFL wanting LA and the Patriots to get into the t- into the Super Bowl, which I uh, I put at least a little credence to. But we'll talk that about that a little later. But for now, again, I think the Broncos should look at the Patriots as everyone should as an example of how to build a team, especially a team that is not overflowing with talent. And the Broncos are not overflowing with talent. I mean, they have a quarterback that's okay. I mean, he had one good year, but he's not the most talented quarterback. He's a decently smart quarterback who can run a system fairly well. They have, you know, a good running game, but they have nobody on offensive line. I mean, they they haven't yet re-signed Matt Paradis, so who knows if he's coming back. So it could be a, a completely revamped offensive line behind Mike Munchak. And, you know, the defense is, there's some talent, but it's it's not a great group. It's just not. I mean, Chris Harris is great. Von Miller is great. Bradley Chubb showed a lot. So there is a lot of hope for this defense. I think you have some cornerstones to build on, but they're not there. They're, they're not even close, guys. And, and so Elway obviously needs to have another good draft. He needs to have another good free agency. And, you know, the big question is, are players going to want to come and play in Denver for Vic Fangio, for Rich Gangarello, for Mike Munchak, etc.? And I think that's more likely than if they had wanted to play for Vance Joseph. I mean, even though Vic Fangio is also a first-year coach, he really has earned the respect in the league, which Vance Joseph hadn't. I mean, he had barely coached as a defensive coordinator, I think, what, one year, two years maybe? And so he hadn't earned that from players. And so players look at Fangio. I mean, for goodness sake, the guy was voted as the top coordinator in all of football. That's a that's a big deal. So the Broncos went out and got the best coordinator in football. That's offense and defense. And when you're looking at, you know, competing against guys like Josh McDaniels and others, that's a big that's that's a nice award and so I think the Broncos can really pat themselves on the back for having gotten that guy now you know the the rest of the offseason of course is based the the whole path of the future of this team is now based on who is going to be the quarterback but the big question that of course everyone has to ask is the long-term and the short-term future what what is the long-term future what's the short-term future if the long-term future is building around a young quarterback, which seems very likely because you have a young offensive coordinator, you have a new head coach that are going to want to start fresh. If you want someone young, do you draft that player this year? Do you go all in on Drew Locke? I mean, Drew Locke is the guy that everybody is saying the Broncos are interested in. So much so that I almost think it might be a smokescreen for somebody else. They, they want... They want teams jumping into the top 10 picks so that the better talented guys actually make it to number 10. And I think that's possible. I think everyone is is so full of this Drew Locke idea. I'm just not sure that Elway is ready again to pick a quarterback who is known for a big arm, who has a lot of talent, but is not known for being a guy who is is the, I don't know, the smartest quarterback. He, he's not very good at the short passes. He's not very good at running a game. And I don't know if Elway's going to make that same choice again at quarterback. Yes, he's not Paxton Lynch. He's not Brock Osweiler. But there are enough similarities that I think Elway's going to at least think twice about it. And so to think that he is so ready immediately to go back to a guy who's similar, I don't know. It, it makes me question it. It makes me think maybe 
maybe it's a smokescreen. Maybe it's saying, hey, let's get Washington. Let's get these other teams to jump into the top 10. They soak up these quarterbacks who are who, who are talented enough to be in the second or third rounds. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I think everyone says Drew Locke is a second round talent, but he will probably go in the top 10 because teams panic. Teams have to have a QB and they are willing to go for anybody who has any sort of, of arm talent. And I think this year that's going to be Drew Locke. Um, Jackson, I think, or uh, Tyree, Tyree Jackson, I think that's it, right? Or, or uh, um, Jones out of Duke. So these guys with arm talent are probably going to go in the first round simply because teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Now, I think it's very possible that the Broncos are going to buy their time. They're, they may even trade back. Elway loves trading back. I can see him trading that number 10 pick to a team that's desperate for a QB. If Drew Locke is still there, they get, you know, another first round pick, maybe a second or a third or both, you know, or, or, or you know, you're going to get a lot of draft capital and your, your team needs enough talent that I think that's a good approach. I think trading back in the first round or even, you know, uh, for whatever you're going to get and not drafting a guy like Drew Locke, I think that's the best thing to do. I think it's very possible, even likely, that the Broncos are going to go with Case Keenum again for one more season. They're going to see what Case Keenum can do in a new system, in a fresher system, maybe a better offensive line, bringing in a couple of wide receivers, bringing in a tight end. And you've got to give this guy a better chance. I mean, you look at what Keenum had to work with, and it wasn't great. Now, that being said, Keenum himself was not very great. But if you really want to build for the future, are you sure? Are you sure Drew Locke is your guy or Daniel Jones or any of the other guys in this year's draft? And I I would not be the first one to say that this year's draft is not very good with quarterback talent. So I I think we need to watch out for, for the Broncos going another path stocking up the team with other talents, you know, bringing in offensive talent, defensive talent, maybe drafting a, a cornerback or a defensive tackle in the in the first in the first round after they trade back and waiting a year for for better quarterback talent. So you, you stock up draft picks and then you go all in for the 2020 draft, which is at least reportedly supposed to have much better talent coming out in the quarterback position. Now, there's also of course you know, the possibility that the Broncos trade up and try to get Haskins out of Ohio State, who is definitely the number one talent coming out at the position in this year's draft. But I don't think that's likely, but it could. It could. I mean, if they think he is the guy, you're probably going to have to trade up to, I don't know, number one or number two. And we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't see that happening, but anything's possible. I mean, anything's possible at the quarterback position. Of course, you know, the last few weeks we've talked about Nick Foles. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about Joe Flacco. Now, I think that since they brought in Rich Scangarello, a younger guy with a with a fresh offense and more of a college offense, I, I think they're going to want to go young. I think you want to kind of do a slow or eh, okay, not a slow rebuild, but a, a quicker rebuild, I should say, and and try to to build around a young guy starting in twenty twenty. But we'll see. It's, it's an interesting, interesting offseason. The Broncos have so many question marks, which means so many talking points. And well, as always, we can't wait to discuss them ad nauseum for the rest of the offseason. Now, up next, we're also going to talk about later today, uh, Skipper Dude is going to come on 
and discuss his thoughts on the Broncos offseason, how he believes that John Elway handled the offseason. He's been very tough on Elway the last few weeks. Let's see. Maybe Skipper Dude is going to have a bit of an apology this week. Maybe he's going to have a bit of a nice thing to say about John Elway after his his, uh, harsh remarks, I would say, the last few weeks. And we're also going to have, I'm hoping to have a fan rant like we did last week. My buddy Luke Short came on at the end of the show and gave a fan rant. I'm hoping again to have uh, a couple guys or at least one guy from over here in Germany, um, a couple military men to come on at the end of the show. I'm not quite positive yet they'll be able to. Either way, stay tuned for the end of the show. I'm hoping we will have a fan rant. Up next, though, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the craziness that was the offseason, or excuse me, the the playoffs, the the championship weekend in the NFL, and if there is a conspiracy in the NFL to send the coastal teams to the Super Bowl in order to make more money. That's up next after this break. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So what a football Sunday it was just a few days ago. Yes, it was a little late for me, so I actually didn't stay up to watch the Patriots game. I uh, watched the highlights of it the next morning. But boy, two overtime games in the championship weekend. That's Pretty awesome. I mean, pretty incredible football. Both games were extremely exciting and extremely controversial. There were two calls that were two of the worst calls that I perhaps have ever seen, that I've definitely seen this season. The one being, of course, the, or I should say, one of them was a no call. One of them was, should have been a pass interference call in in, in any league, in, in any age group. That's a pass interference call. The two officials were standing directly in front of this play when the defender took out the receiver and cost New Orleans, you know, a first down and the game. And I mean, again, it's not that simple. Of course, New Orleans really kind of choked down the end. They had some terrible coaching decisions. I thought Drew Brees had a, had a really bad last few quarters. Uh, He made some, some, some bad throws. I think he actually got bailed out a few times on his bad decisions, which is saying a lot for, for one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in my opinion uh, definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks of the generation and you know eventually they they probably deserved to lose anyway but that the call was remarkable or the no call was remarkable it, it was unbelievable and, and I don't think I saw a single person on on Twitter or anywhere defending 
the referees. This is including ex-referees. This is including the head of the referees who came out and said, yeah, that, that, that one's on us. Now, another call in the Patriots-Kansas City game where uh, Jones, the defender, was called for a roughing the passer penalty when he slapped Tom Brady's shoulder. I, I mean, it, it, that, that's no joke. He, he literally slaps his shoulder. I imagine most of you guys have already seen the video. It's it's insane. I mean, the fact that that was called a roughing the passer penalty is it's a total joke. I actually think in a way that it was worse than the call in the Saints and Rams game because I think it just shows again that Tom Brady's reputation gets him calls that that no one else gets, and that's been the case for many years. And I think that there is there is something to the conspiracy theory that the conspiracy theory that that the teams on the East coast are given uh, just a little chance, you know, a little more chance to, to win, to move on and to make it to the, to the Super Bowl. And I think that the NFL, the league, you know, the, the money makers, the owners at the top, they want two teams that are part of the biggest markets in football and sports. And of course that being Boston and Los Angeles yeah, you know, there. I think there's something to it. I, I think it, it's kind of the same thing as the Broncos having so few people, so few players, coaches, owners in the Hall of Fame that there is this East Coast West Coast bias. Because yes, that's where the money comes in. That's that's where a lot of your fans are. That's where your sponsorship deals are from. And I think there is a clear issue that even in the back of the minds of the referees of the officials. Something's not right. Let's just say that. And I think that the league better look at it. They better change something. I'll be curious to see if they start reviewing um, pass interference penalties in the future because with such, you know, that these players, these teams, their their futures, their lives, their livelihoods, their their entire the the way people view them oftentimes is on Super Bowl appearances, especially for quarterbacks and coaches. And for Drew Brees not to get another chance after a heartbreak last year with the Minnesota Miracle, to to be kicked out again in large part because of a terrible, terrible no-call, that's rough. Now, I was actually rooting for L.A. because there are a lot of former Broncos on the team. I love Wade Phillips, as I think most people do in Denver. Um, I like C.J. Anderson. I like Aqib Tlaib. So there's plenty to root for the, for the Rams, and I was I was cheering for them. But to see the game just get ripped away from the Saints just because of a bad call is that's heartbreaking. That that's tough to deal with. And I'm not a Saints fan in any way. And that has got to change. I mean, something has to change. We have so much technology, so many ways for these things not to happen, and yet they still happen. There's got to be some some way. I mean, maybe put another official, put two more officials, put more cameras. I mean, bring in more highlights for for different types of, or highlights, excuse me, uh, um, replays for different penalties, at least for pass interference calls, maybe at least in the last two minutes of a game. I mean, something's got to change. I mean, the, the, the NFL has been so good in its history is of keeping up with, with what's new in, in technology and trying to change and, and work with the times. And I think this is another example where something definitely has to happen. Something has to change. I mean, I, I've seen it in, in, Major League Baseball as well, where the umpires and bad decisions, bad calls, bad strike zones change a game. And I get it that you want the human element, but 
you don't want the human element in, in referees or officials or umpires changing the outcome of a game. You want the players to change the outcome of a game. And when a player clearly, clearly makes an illegal play, hits a receiver without even attempting to look at the ball. Jeez, if the defender had looked at the ball, he probably would have picked it for a touchdown. He never looked. He just clobbered the receiver. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And the NFL should be embarrassed. The Referees Association, whoever they are, they should be embarrassed because it was a brutal, brutal call in an absolutely huge game that should not be determined by these 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 zebras. And I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. So we'll we'll see what happens, what's going to change. And I don't know. I, don't know. I just hate to say I, I hate the Patriots getting the, in the Super Bowl again. You know, I wasn't rooting for the Patriots or Kansas City. But good grief. Can someone else please win? You know, it's a, why are the Broncos the only team that can defeat the Patriots in the playoffs? Oh, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of Tom Brady's face, of Bill Belichick's scowl. I mean, I... I, I Almost hope that, that they win this year so they're they're gone. They, maybe they'll both retire on, on top of the world and, and then we'll never see them again. And yes, part of it, I hate them because they're so good. Yes, of course that's the case. But part of it is, you know, that they've they've been found out as cheaters on multiple occasions. And players for many teams, the, the Rams especially from the past, have come out and said that, you know, they, they truly think the Patriots filmed them during their walkthroughs. There are teams that when they face the Patriots, they walk through like fake walkthroughs. They, they, they perform fake practices in case the Patriots are taping them. Is there any other team in sports that has that kind of reputation? And yet this is a team that continues to win. Are we not questioning the fact that maybe somehow Bill Belichick is just the smartest cheater we've ever seen in the history of pro sports? Oh man, I hate it. You know, deflating footballs, taping people on the sideline. And what what's next? I mean, I wouldn't put anything past them. I wouldn't. It, it, it's, a, uh, it's a disaster. And the fact that, geez, the AFC playoff game was between Kansas City and the Patriots. I mean, I really, truly did not want either to win. But in the end, I guess, if anything, my gut slightly, slightly leaned towards Kansas City just because I can't stand cheaters. We love sports. We love games because it, it, you you pit two people against each other or, or eleven guys against each other, and whoever is the strongest, whoever makes the best plays, the most athletic, the the most lucky, sometimes they win. And there's no room in sports for cheaters. And the Patriots have been caught on multiple occasions as cheaters, and yet they're going to go down in, in history as maybe the greatest organization in the sports history, maybe the best dynasty ever, one of the greatest dynasties in sports ever, as cheaters. So don't tell me there shouldn't be an asterisk near the near the name of the, of the New England Patriots. They've been caught twice, at least, cheating. No. Can't stand it. I, I can't stand it. I mean, if it's the Patriots again, you know, I, I don't even want to watch the Super Bowl. The only reason I want to watch is to hope that L.A., Pulls off a win. But it's always the Patriots. It's year in and year out. Nothing changes. And part of it is because Brady and Belichick find a way to win. They're, they're, the, the coaching staff is phenomenal. They find ways to beat other teams. Now, 
I don't understand why why the Chargers before and then the Kansas City Chiefs can't just defend these five yard passes into the flat. For goodness sake, that's the only thing that Tom Brady can really do anymore. The offense is just built around these little bubble screens or these little you know five yard passes that just eat up clock and, and give the Patriots possession after possession after possession, and and they they control the time of of play, and that's how they kind of grind you to death to win. Now, fortunately, Wade Phillips is a guy who's, who who seems to maybe have figured that out after the Broncos, you know, I guess you could say dominated them in 2015, even though the Patriots just about came back in that one as well. But at least Wade Phillips seemed to have an answer. I mean, they, they, I think that the defense hit Tom Brady, what, I think 27 times or something. That was a glorious day. And, and honestly, one of the greatest days that I think Tom Brady has ever had, even though it was a loss. That was an unbelievable performance by Brady. I hate to say it, but fortunately, the Broncos defense made... One more play than the, than Tom Brady did, but right now I mean, I don't think Tom Brady's that talented of a quarterback. I mean I, I think he's old, he's he's slow, he, he's he's good at making decisions, but somehow Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick out scheme their opponents every single week, and I just hope someday somebody's going to figure it out because I'm sick of it. Okay, enough. I know you guys feel the same. Uh, I guess it doesn't help just to to rant about how much I hate the Patriots because, well, we're all in that boat. And fortunately, I think we're at the end of the reign of the New England Patriots. They have no answer at quarterback after Tom Brady, at least at the moment. And their fairly talentless team eventually has to catch up with them and has to catch up with them. Now, unfortunately... The Broncos are going to have to deal with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs for a long, long time. And that's something that obviously the team is more likely to try to build around. They're going to try to build a team that can defeat the Patriots, that can play against you know top-notch quarterbacks in the AFC West and find a way to control them and to somehow compete, at least, in a very difficult division. Another rumor I saw floating around, this is interesting, is that, or this isn't a rumor, I guess, but John Gruden is coaching the um, Senior Bowl, and he's coaching the team with Drew Locke. So there is a rumor that that Madden, Madden, Gruden, what what is wrong with me today? It's not just today, it's all the time I misspeak. I, I don't know if I said Madden before, but I mean John Gruden, Madden is definitely not coaching anymore. Uh, same team, though, the Oakland Raiders. Anyway, Gruden is coaching the the Senior Bowl, and he's coaching Drew Locke, and that that will give him an advantage of perhaps perhaps wanting to take him in the first few picks of the 2019 draft, which means, obviously, the Broncos couldn't get him. And w- which would be interesting, obviously, that if they draft Drew Locke, that means that Derek Carr is available and will likely be traded by the Oakland Raiders. Now, I don't know if anyone in Denver is really interested in Derek Carr, but I think... He's a better option, at least, than many of the other free agents available at the moment. I think he's better than than Nick Foles. I think he's better than Joe Flacco. And at the moment, I would say he's also better than Teddy Bridgewater. So it's something that we should kind of keep an eye on, I'd say, that, that perhaps Derek Carr will stay in the AFC West. Perhaps the Broncos will have interest in him. He's still a young-ish guy. He's got enough talent. He's got experience. Um We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I mean, again, just throwing it out there. There's so many things going on. Why not one more? Why not one more possibility at quarterback for the Denver Broncos in 2019? Because no one really knows or really has any 
any clue whatsoever who's going to be quarterback. Most likely, it'll be Case Keenum, though. Okay, up next, we've got Skipper Dude, who's going to uh, have a bit of a mea culpa for John Elway and describe exactly why he thinks John Elway changed his entire philosophy and may have set this franchise on the right path. And that can all be seen from one interview of John Elway just last week. So up next, Skipper Dude after this break. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today we're going to discuss a story that pretty much slipped under the radar the past couple of weeks with all of the breaking Broncos coaching staff news, but one that I believe will ultimately serve as a major turning point in this particular era of the history of Broncos, Broncos football. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the admission by John Elway to Pro Football Talk's Peter King that he botched the Vance Joseph hiring back in 2017. Here was Elway's exact quote. He said, I talked to Vance Joseph before the process a couple of years ago and knew him, and going in I had an idea that he was kind of our guy. I admit it. I was wrong on that one. I don't like to say it out loud because I don't want to offend VJ, who is a good football coach, but things just didn't work out. End of quote. Now, on the surface, this doesn't seem like much, but you need to trust me on this. This admission by John Elway was a very, very big deal, and it signaled a paradigm shift in the leadership of the Denver Broncos organization. So let me explain. For those of you who follow Broncos and Bratwurst, you know that I have a 30-year background in the business world, and I've spent some time in upper leadership. And friends, whether the environment is business or politics or football, these are shark-infested waters. One of the first rules of leadership is to never admit your mistakes, especially publicly. Okay, now, if you're talking about the context of a marriage or a family or even Mile High Report, admitting mistakes can be a matter of honor and integrity. Goodwill, humility, all, all good, virtuous things. In the business world, though, it's a sign of weakness. In the business world, and this goes for politics and royalty, and, and anywhere else where, where wealth and power are on the menu, there's a culture that builds up around the man or woman in charge. And generally, it's a the culture of the most disgusting, amoral, immoral human beings on earth who have no desire for anything other than their own their their own power. If you've ever watched a movie or documentary about Queen Victoria of England, you see just how disgusting her court was and how much she hated it. She was surrounded by courtiers whose sole existence 
was was trying to come up with an idea, a word, a phrase, anything that could curry favor with the queen. And these same people thought nothing about destroying each other for the opportunity to better their own careers. So, so whether the big guy in the room was Queen Victoria or back to football with John Elway, they are at any given time, they're working in an environment where somebody, perhaps even a majority of those around them, are pining to take down the big guy. They're pining for that shot at John Elway's throne. In the business world then, when you make a mistake like Elway did with Vance Joseph, you just don't discuss it. You just don't. To discuss it, or worse yet, to publicize it with somebody like Peter King is like is like swimming into shark-infested water, cutting yourself with a razor blade, and drawing blood. The sharks are going to start circling, and they're going to start moving in for the kill. So my point here is that when a leader like a John Elway draws his own blood by owning up to a mistake like he did with Vance Joseph, it's extremely meaningful. And in fact, I think there are generally three conclusions you can draw from any kind of admission like this. Number one, it's more meaningful than you probably realize. Number two, there are both direct and indirect meanings from the admission. And then number three, it signals a change in the organization's direction. Okay, so let's take a look at the direct and indirect meanings of this admission from John Elway uh, regarding Vance Joseph. Well, the direct meaning is pretty obvious and something we can take at face value. I think we just trust Elway straight up here. Namely, he gummed up the process. He got his mindset on a candidate, Vance Joseph, in 2015 or 2016 and didn't really put together a meaningful search, even though Sean McVay was available. Okay, let's remember that. So indirectly, though, I believe that John Elway is signaling to Broncos country a deeper and more humble admission, namely that he's learned the lesson from his own impetuous ways, and he's ready to move on to a future that is better thought out, broader in its reach, and not so dependent on his old friends. Which, of course, brings me to the change in organizational direction. I believe that when John Elway told Peter King very publicly that he had botched the Vance Joseph process, he was effectively throwing himself under the bus for what had become a relatively incestuous Denver Broncos culture that had, had become too dependent on Gary Kubiak, too tolerant of hiring and rehiring and rehiring perpetual dead weight like Rick Dennison, and apparently was even considering going back to yesterday's news in Mike Shanahan. So, so the firing of Vance Joseph represented an opportunity for John Elway to shake off the cobwebs, move on from the old Bronco leadership and his old way of doing things, and do something new. And by golly, so far, he has nailed it, in my opinion. Fangio looks like a fantastic pick. I love the Fangio hire, whether he works out or not. I I'm going to go down and, and say that this is a fantastic hire. Munchak as the offensive line coach, holy cow. I can't say I'm personally sold on Scandrello as the offensive coordinator yet. Niners Nation doesn't even appear to notice he's leaving. But he, he's apparently a rising star in the NFL, and I'm totally good with this move. If you're going to have an older head coach, I am a big believer that you need to surround him with some youth and new ideas, especially on offense, to energize the locker room. Scandrello may, may not end up being that guy on offense, but the concept of bringing in a young up-and-comer at OC is, is a very good concept. So, and again, another A-plus for John Elway and for Vic Fangio. 
So I want to send kudos out today to John Elway for owning up to his mistake on Vance Joseph, not just the hire itself, which honestly, in my opinion, wasn't that bad a hire. And I know I'm probably swimming upstream there with that thought, but, but it certainly didn't work out. We all, we all know that. And I know I wish VJ nothing but the best in his NFL future. And in my, my hunch on Vance Joseph, he's going to actually turn out to be a pretty decent head coach. But in, in, my, in my opinion, um, John Elway here, by owning up to the process, which had become lazy and short-sighted and too family-oriented, John Elway's doing a good thing here. He needed a touchdown for the organization with this Fangio hire, and I truly believe he's gotten it. The coaching talent that Fangio is already bringing with him is really, really impressive. And I know I'm excited to see what this regime can do with a healthy amount of salary cap money and some nice draft picks ahead of them in April. Now, I, for one, believe the future is bright for the Denver Broncos. Kevin, back to you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I want to give a shout out to a couple of my guys over at MileHighReport.com. Really, honestly, I want to give a shout out to the entire MileHighReport.com staff. They do a great, great job of providing content during the season and also in the off season. Sometimes in the off season, there is a major, major lull in news. This is one of those times where there's not a lot to talk about. There's a lot to speculate on. Uh, there's some college stuff going on. There's some the Senior Bowl, the Combine's coming up. And some of these guys are really good at evaluating the talent coming out. Some of these guys are good at you know putting different ideas for the Broncos you know, in the, in their upcoming season, in their future. And some articles are obviously better than others, but in general, they do a great job of providing us content. One of these great articles that just came out, uh, I think yesterday, uh, from Joe three and out with football outsiders, Derek Klassen, uh, obviously a guy who studies a lot of film, uh, with football outsiders and Joe got to ask him a lot of really good questions pertaining the Broncos uh, and their their system, their new systems, what Vic Fangio and Gangarello are likely to, to have as a system, both on offense and defense, for the Broncos in 2019. Uh, one of the first questions was, what, what changes do you think are coming for the defense? And I think they, the classic gave a really interesting answer in that, you know, Fangio is a guy who who had a great defense in Chicago, but part of it was due to his talent. Yes, he had guys who allowed him to run the defense that he was best at running. Now, I think Fangio is a guy like Wade Phillips that are really good at working with a talent that they're given. They, they find what their players are good at, and they run with it. They work with it. They, they make the best of it. And they're really good at scheming against other teams. Fangio's scheme against the Rams was different than the scheme against the Vikings. And I think that's, that's a sign of a good coach. You don't just stick with, Hey, okay, we're going to play man coverage no matter what. And then, okay, well, let's try to play man, even though our top three cornerbacks are all injured or, or two of the top three or three of the top four are not playing, but let's still try to play press man. 
obviously sometimes a coach needs to to change and to adapt with what he's given. And I think Fangio has proven to be a guy who can do that. And I think Klassen, again, explained that, you know, the team needs to go out and, and try to pick up a couple guys who will allow him to run his ideal scheme. And I think that's something we can look forward to. Perhaps even in the first round, the Broncos going out and maybe getting a cornerback. The draft is full of, of very talented secondary players as well as big men on the defense. It's a very heavy defensive draft. So let's see what they do. I'll be curious to see also who they bring in. There have been, you know, you know, different people saying that maybe they'll bring in a guy like um, Kareem Jackson out of Houston, the cornerback, a veteran cornerback who I think has a lot of talent, could perhaps be their number two cornerback alongside Chris Harris Jr. Now, another one of the questions that he asked class and that Joe asked class and was, was dealing with the quarterback issue for the Denver Broncos, the issue, of course, for this team, as we see in the playoffs, you have to have a good quarterback or a great quarterback to win. Now, Jerry Goff, I don't think he's great, but he's good enough, and he has a very good coach. And I think, honestly, that's the same at this point in time with the Patriots. They have a great coach and a decent quarterback. I think Tom Brady is not great at this point in his career. Anyway, Klassen kind of went on to say that, first of all, he does not think that Drew Locke is a good fit in Rich Gangarello's offense, that the offense of the Shanahan's is uh, oftentimes prioritizes getting the ball out quickly. And um, Locke is not very accurate within four, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, which severely holds back how efficient an offense can be. So Locke is known for having the arm strength and he's athletic, but he's not fantastic with the, with these short or intermediate routes. And that is a problem in a Shanahan-style offense, according to Klassen. So Klassen believes that it's more likely that the Broncos will go with Keenum for one more season, see what he can do. Klassen believes that Keenum can actually probably have a decent year, maybe even a good year, in a better offensive system. And I think, like Skipper Dude says, the nice thing is it seems that now we can trust Elway, we can trust this front office to really really look in a different approach. Look at every different way. Look from outside the box and say, okay, what is the best way going forward for this team? I mean, Fangio was obviously a guy who was not, I don't know, well-liked by ownership or by front office people. He interviewed several times for head coaching jobs. He's been a coach for 30 years and never a head coach. So there must have been something that they they that rubbed them the wrong way. Now, Elway clearly went out and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go differently. I'm going to I'm going to go with what I actually see the day of. I'm going to see what they tell me in their interviews. I'm going to see what their plan is, what their what their scheme will be, who their coaching staff will be, and I'm going to go with it. I'm not going to have any preconceived plans, preconceived notions about what this team should do. I'm going to let my coach decide who his staff will be, what his scheme will be, and I think that's awesome. I think Elway is empowering Fangio. He's giving him a chance to run the team the way Fangio thinks it should be run. Now, Elway needs to go and, and provide the right players for Fangio and Scangarella systems. And that's exciting because I think Elway at least somehow figured out in the last draft how to bring in guys who were not idiots. I mean, that was such a problem with Elway's former drafts that he he drafted guys, especially in the higher rounds, who were talented, who were physically gifted even, 
but who are kind of known as being not the brightest blocks of cheese, and or at least guys who were in trouble with the law or had some sort of blemish on their record, so they fell in the draft. And so Elway gave them a chance and brought him in, and it almost never worked. And so Elway finally figured out, we need to bring in guys who are intelligent, who are smart, who are who are guys who don't quit ever, you know, guys who who understand the game of football, who respect the game of football. And and I think again, I've mentioned this before, I think Cortland Sutton is a perfect example of that. Yes, he's got a lot he's got to grow into, but he's a talented guy who I just think gets it. I think he's a guy who gets it. And I see that in him. I see a guy who understands his place, who understands what it takes to win in the NFL. And I think John Elway, it seems Drafted guys with that exact mentality, guys who are just smart football players. Josie Jewell, I think, is another example. He's not ultra talented, even. I think you'll find faster guys, you'll find stronger guys, but I think he's a smart football player, a guy who has a nose for the football, and a guy who I think is going to grow into being a, a very solid linebacker. Now, who Elway brings in this year, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we have an entire offseason to, to, to find out, but I have more faith in Elway now than I did before. And that brings me a lot of hope. And it should bring the Broncos fans, every Broncos fan, a lot of hope. The team seems to be headed in the right direction. There seems to be maturity. There seems to be accountability. John Elway has come out and taken accountability. Just like Skipper Dude said, he has come out and said, hey, this is on me. This was my bad. And that's what you have to start with. You have to start with accountability and say, hey, look, we messed up. But now I know I've learned. I've learned from my mistakes and now we're moving forward. And he did that so well. That was such a good decision by Elway. Now the fans can get behind him and say, okay, hey, look, that Vance Joseph thing, that was bad. That was terrible. But Elway has figured this out. He's learned. And now the team is going to move forward with a very veteran coach, a young, sexy offensive coordinator. And now, hopefully, a good quarterback <laughs> but we'll see well as I record this final segment in a kind of a meandering podcast I, I just saw on Twitter a video and this is pretty interesting again this is continues the conspiracy of a, what appears to be an official coming to Tom Brady in the huddle and in in, if you can read the official's lips he says something like don't worry I've got your back Trust that, or or something like that. I've got your back. Trust me. And the very next play, the defense is called for an offsides in a very important position on the field and very vital part of a drive that eventually went and tied the game for New England. Now, again, maybe he said something else. Maybe, you know, it just looks like that is what he's telling Tom Brady, but... Whew, it's it's just another another reason to to question and wonder and and not just to to imagine that that the referees the officials are even slightly throwing the games, which I think there could be something to it. I'm not saying there is, but there's something to talk about there after the terrible officiating the last two games. But also, again, the fact that the New England Patriots are cheaters. They find one way or another. Maybe they bribed the guy. Maybe they paid him off. It's extreme. I get it. But again, this is a franchise that's cheated in the past. Once a cheater, why do we believe that all of a sudden Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are these clean slate guys, these guys who, yeah, they want to win the right way? No. 
No. Come on. They are a, 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 a an historically good franchise in large part because they cheat. So my question to Broncos fans, should the Broncos take the example of the New England Patriots and just find ways to cheat the system? Maybe, you know, the official just happens to have $10,000 appear under his door at night or something. I, I know, I get it. I'm not saying that's what happened, but hey, you know, it's possible. I mean, these crazy things happen. The Patriots somehow get these calls year in and year out. I don't know. I don't know. I just know I'm sick of the Patriots. Sick of it. It's like it, it's like the the Lakers of what ten years ago. It's like the New York Yankees. Except for those two teams, I, as far as I know, didn't cheat. They were just really good. So the Patriots are even worse. F. By the way, everyone should go and vote for Nikola Jokic to make it to the All Star game. It's a complete travesty that he is not, at the moment, on the top ballot for the All-Star game. The dude is a freak. I think he's even an MVP candidate, and he's not even going to be an All-Star. Absolute joke. Please, please, everyone, go vote for the guy. The dude, I love him. I think he's my favorite Denver athlete. I'd say favorite Denver athletes right now got to be... Ooh, this is tough. Nolan Arenado is definitely in my top three. The, what he does at third base is just magical to me. I don't know if everyone's baseball fans, but the guy is a magician and he's a great hitter. I just hope and pray he doesn't go to New York. Please, please, Nolan, sign with Colorado. I beg you. Jokic, definitely top three. He's hilarious. He's he's like He's like this awkward fat kid at the playground who just owns everybody. Love it. Number three, who, who's my other third favorite athlete in Denver right now? Hmm, I, I don't know. I'd probably say maybe Kyle Freeland. Maybe maybe Lindsey. Von Miller. Chris Harris Jr. Eh, there, there are a lot of guys for that number three spot. I'd have to, I'd have to uh, think about that one. Maybe that'll be my poll. Who are the, who are the most beloved athletes right now in Colorado? I know it's a Broncos podcast, but hey, it's the off season. Come on. We got to sneak in a little bit of NBA, a little bit of baseball, even though I know a lot of people are bored to tears, at least by baseball. But watch those Nuggets, guys. Watch them Nuggets. They are something else. And go vote for Jokic. All right, that's all I've got for the day. I'm going to send it now to the fan rant. Again, I'm giving people, listeners, fans, Anybody who wants a chance to have their voice heard on Broncos and Bratwurst podcast, you guys can send me a short rant, an audio clip. I'd like it from one to ten minutes. Um, Just saying whatever you want about the Broncos. Uh, The only thing I ask is that you keep it clean, you keep it family friendly. This is a clean podcast and it must stay that way. So please record anything you want about the Broncos, even if you want to record something about the NFL, the playoffs, etc., just send it to my email at kevingillikinusa at gmail.com. I'll listen to it and very likely post it on my show. This week again, we actually have Luke Short came in at the last second. A couple of my guys who are going to give me fan rants couldn't quite pull it off at the end, but hopefully they'll be able to make it next week. This week again, as last week, Luke Short bringing the thunder. Up next, after the break. 
Thanks for having me on. It is Luke Short again here in uh, snowy Denver, and uh, I've been a Denver Broncos fan my whole my entire life. Um, and here we go. So the New England Patriots, man, that really like set off something like dark, like just all the thoughts of like watching Tom Brady with another come from behind win, just totally dominating the Chiefs, showing his poise, his maturity, just overcoming all odds. How is this even possible? How could, how could this even happen? How could fate allow that? I think, I think this was on, uh, the Mark Schlereth show on the, uh, the local fan radio that, uh, all three times that Tom Brady went to overtime in the playoffs, the other team never even saw the ball. How could they even, like, possibly spell that out? Does Tom Brady deserve all of this luck? Is, was it purely, like, his work mentality? Was it a deal with the devil? I mean, it's not even... It's hard... It's unbelievable there's there's no words to even describe how it could even happen so i guess that's my point like i don't think the success of the patriots can ever be duplicated i would hope not or maybe maybe it will be but i guess i i don't want to get too philosophical but uh let's look at how fate has a role in all of this how can you possibly duplicate their efforts? I think the the point going forward is that the Broncos just need to be adjustable, be able to recognize new opportunities. Notice how the NFL is changing and adjust and adapt. Don't become another carbon copy of the... <laughs> of the atrocity in New England. I uh, just just thinking of that makes me so angry. In fact, it just reminds me of like how when Peyton Manning came to Denver, he left a bad his his time with the Colts really left, left a bad taste in my mouth. I was I didn't know how to even process this. One of the greatest of all times coming to Denver, but he's he kind of seems like a crybaby. So. Ah oh, man, it just—it just took a while to get to like him as a Denver Bronco, but finally, finally got there, and it did seem like he was a really good guy, and I'm glad we had him. But Tom Brady, can you imagine? I—I I don't know. I, I, from what sense I get, I don't think he's probably half the guy that that Peyton Manning is. But still, way more successful, way more rings, and Tom Brady's story isn't even over. Just uh, just imagine if there was an injury back in the day to Tom Brady. Just There's no way that given the same, even the same set of circumstances, it would occur in the same pattern. So basically there's some role of luck and fate in what happened in the, with the greatest dynasty of all time. So that can't be imitated. I mean, there's definitely things that can be learned. But uh, let's not try to imitate too closely what the uh, cheat riots have done over there in Boston. 
because it's not going to happen again. Let's face it, fellas. All right, well, thanks for having me on. Take it easy. Bye.